exciting times, 2023. And as uh, Pastor Lisa has said, we, we have been praying and um, searching God and what we should be talking about this year. And uh, like Lisa said, Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up to the righteous. So what is an inheritance? Well, the law states that an inheritance is a succession to an estate or a title, etc. So unfortunately, that means that someone has to have passed away for another person to have received that. So Jesus was born a man into the world, and when he died, his legacy lives on. Through us, the believers, we are the righteous. So as Christians, 1 Peter 3-4 to says, In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And verse 4 says, And into an inheritance that can never, be, that can never perish, spoil or fade. So it is left in heaven for us. So eternal life is our inheritance, but obviously there's a lot more to that. What is a good man? Micah 6.8 says, He has showed you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. So there's three things mentioned in the scripture. We must act justly. So we must be fair and honest in all our dealings with one another. The second thing is love mercy. So we're to show genuine compassion and kindness to all who are in need. And we all know there's a lot of people out there that are in need today. And the third thing is to walk humbly. Humbling ourselves daily before our, our, our Lord in godly fear and reverence. James has already spoken about this in a previous message. What kind of inheritance do we want for our children to have and our children's children to have? What kind of inheritance are we actually giving our children and our children's children? Are we giving them a house, money, trust fund for, for their education? These are all nice, great things. We all aspire to passing on something to our kids. But how about their spiritual inheritance? Clearly this has got to be the most important thing that we pass on to our kids. Ours and theirs is made up of three parts. The first part is the spirit. It's a participation and a walking in a Christ-centered life. The second is our soul. We have to have no fear. Make sure our emotions are in check. So how do we deal with trauma to our soul? Well, Pastor Lisa has also spoken about this and preached on this topic recently. And the third thing is our body. Our body is a, is a, is a vessel of honour. So how do we treat our body? 2 Timothy 2, 20-26, it says, just open it up. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, 
who will be an instrument of noble process, processes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do anything good work. Oh, sorry, to do any good work. So flee the devil's desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call to, who call on the Lord out of pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not be resentful. Those who oppose him, must gently, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to, to the knowledge of the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So we all, we all, all here want to um, have God's kingdom expand here on earth, yes? So we must remember that we reap what we sow, yes? So children learn from their parents and grown-ups around them. They start emulating their actions, their words, and they don't even give it a second thought. It comes naturally. So Deuteronomy 5, 9 to 10 in the Living Translation uh, gives a good uh, account of this. I'll just hand it over to the microphone to Pastor Lisa to read it out to you because I don't have the uh, Living Translation. Okay, so this scripture says you... I'll just go back to verse 8 because it's just saying you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind so or, in, or an image or anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. So an idol, do you know what an idol is? It can be anything. It can be a person. It can be somebody that you um, place higher than God. It can be something you do that you place with higher priority than God. Um, it can be a thing that you idolise. It can be all sorts of things. But it says here, you must not bow down, in verse 9, to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Now, I just want to say this too, you guys, that um, Pastor Peter's talking about sowing and reaping, and that's a law that was set in place at the creation of the world. Um, and when it says the Lord your God, with L-O-R-D all in capitals, it's talking about the Lord as in the sowing and reaping, the seed plant harvest, okay? Everything that we sow is a seed, eh? So I just wanted to make that clear. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. That's pretty intense, isn't it? But it's sowing and reaping. And verse 10 says... I, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. So Galatians 4, 2 to 8 talks about educating children under godly teachers so that they have a God-centered education and are guarded the best we can from the world and its ungodly ideals. So we are to be the wiser ones. In these times, it's unfortunate that both parents seem to need to work just to make ends meet. So my question is, 
where are we putting our children and what worldly influences are they seeing for the eight to ten hours, maybe even more, each day that we are, are at work. I don't know if a lot of you know that, but we actually have a Christian preschool across the road. It was founded on the desire to see that all who go there, all the children, are taught and have an experience of God and his will at a young age, for them at a young age. And the staff are there and they back up the parents and their beliefs in God. So there's a saying that a villi- it takes a village to raise a child. So And, and remembering that we reap what we sow, if Centre Church is part of your village, then all of us here have a responsibility to make sure that we do our part by setting the right examples. John 10.10 says that the thief only comes to steal, to kill and destroy. So to get to your children's children, first he has to steal from you. Then he has to kill your children. That then is destroying your children's children. So every generation has the ability to bring on the rapture. It also means that every generation can resist the Antichrist spirit. Daniel 7.25 says, He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and laws. So Satan is trying his hardest to bring on his reign sooner rather than later. He doesn't want the glory to be seen here on the earth. So once the rapture happens, Satan's rule on earth begins. The devil plans to wear out the saints. That's us. He will roll out the usual strategies of self-doubt, fear, unbelief, and everything else that he's got in his playbook. But the good news, you belong to Christ. You are under the shadow, under his shadow, and have a power to do anything. Read uh, Psalm 35. I, I read that the other day and I thought that sums that up to me. I won't, I won't put you through that. It's a long one. So in this time, we need to be thinking generational, don't we? We need to be thinking about what spiritual inheritance we are leaving for our children and our children's children. Now, Pastor Lisa will um, continue with part two of that. Thank you, Pastor Peter. Um, yeah, absolutely, we do need to think about our children and our children's children. If you're a grandparent, um, don't just leave it up to your kids to raise those children because um, it's, a, it's so true because we have a really important part as grandparents to play in the, in the lives of our grandchildren. And so um, it's, it is the, the, what we leave as an inheritance might be money and things or might be. Um, and that, that is good, that's a good thing, but it's our spiritual inheritance that we're leaving um, that's really important. And as Pastor Peter said, um, it takes a village to raise a, a child and, and our villages send a church if this is your home. And so it's, it's, it's all of our part <laughs> to play, whether you have children of your own or not, you know, we, we all have a part to play in this. So I'm, I'm going to continue on from there in a 
similar way, but I'm going to be talking about the second part of Proverbs 13, um, 22. So I'm just going to read that scripture out again to you. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And you may have, or hopefully have, noticed that the enemy has been trying, with everything he's got, to put in place a single world government. Has anybody noticed that? Any, any, any attempt from him? Yes. For this to occur in the way the enemy wants, it's going to take what? Money. Don't you think? Because um, it's something that I haven't really thought of before, but actually that does make a lot of sense to me. Um, for anything to be set up in the world, it takes money, right? Now, money by itself is neither good or bad, and 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, I want you to notice, though, that it doesn't say that money is a root of all kind of evil. It just says the love of money. So it's your motivation that's the important thing. It's, it's what you're intending to do with that money that's the important thing. And so... The enemy's plan is to take the inheritance that you plan to leave for your children's children and use it to, to, to do what he wants. Um, and ultimately that is to set up a one world government for the Antichrist. Okay? And I, I normally wouldn't be talking about the end time stuff, but I really think this is really important because I feel like that we feel that the enemy's really trying to put a step forward too early. He, he's really been trying hard to, uh, I guess, and I, and I think that it's for this reason. Because it says in the word of God that the glory of the Lord will be seen on all the earth. It says that, um, and uh, I think, yeah, that scripture that talks about um, creation is waiting an earnest expectation for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. There's a scripture, I think it might be in Romans, I think. And, uh, and that scripture is saying that there will be the glory of the Lord seen on the earth, that it will be seen on the people. And, and so what I feel like the enemy's doing is he's trying to shortcut that and avoid that and just go straight to tribulation. Okay? And so... But he's not going to because he isn't almighty God. He isn't all-seeing and all-knowing. He is not present everywhere. He's a created being. The enemy is, Satan. So how's he going to do this? He's, he's going to try and steal the inheritance or, at, or the wealth by stealing our hope, first of all, by trying to steal our hope, by trying to steal our God-given dreams, by trying to steal our salvation, if at all possible, um, as well as he's trying to steal from us through things like inflation and rising prices and rising interest rates and um, foreclosure even. But, and, and, and I want to say this too, I suspect that the push toward digital currency will also prove to be a way to steal um, because it's going to allow them to see every single transaction that we make, whether it's 20 cents or $200,000. So whether it's buying an ice cream at the dairy or buying from a stall at the side of the road, has anyone ever done that? Has anyone ever bought anything from one of those children that sits at the table trying to sell something? Oh my gosh, it's so cute, isn't it? I love it. 
I have to pull over and buy something when I see them doing that. It's so cute. I did it once, though, and the child was so shocked that somebody actually stopped that I, I bought something and then I, I went. And by the time I walked down to back to my house and looked back, he had packed everything up and gone. <laughs> I think I freaked him out. Um, but yeah, so that whole thing with the digital currency, it's going to remove privacy and stifle freedom. You know, in the, in the right hands, it could be a good thing maybe, but in the wrong hands, you know, we're all about freedom. God's all about freedom. God never forces anyone to do anything. And if, if you're ever wondering whether anything's of God, one, one way to tell is, is it being forced? Because if it's being forced, then it's probably not a good thing. Um, because God's all about freedom. So in the, in the wrong hands, and we do know, let's be real, there are corrupt people, right? There are corrupt people in the world. So it could mean restricting what we do or where we go or who we associate with. Has anyone heard of the, um, and over in the UK, they've, there's one county that's decided to do a 15-minute city? If you haven't heard about that, maybe you should look it up. 15-minute city, just let me quickly explain that, is they've decided that um, it isn't in place yet, but they've passed it through their local council, is that people in this particular county will, the idea is that they, they're only allowed to travel within their county, which is a 15-minute radius driving, um, and they can't go outside of that zone, um, except under certain circumstances and they're only allowed to do that 100 times a year or something. So to me, that, that there's red flags that go up with that. I don't like the sound of that. What gives anybody the right to tell me where I can and cannot go? You know? So that, to me, is a force thing, and I don't like the sound of it. But they're using, um, I think they're using climate change as an excuse for that. Uh, however... So I've talk, we've talked a bit about sowing and reaping. Um, now, what I'm talking about in regards to having things being stolen from us, I'm in regards from the enemy stealing from us. Um, in this particular case, um, I'm not talking about the, the words and so forth that, we're, um, that, that we say that, I, that I'm talking about. But what, what I am talking about is that um, the enemy really is trying. He wants to steal that wealth. So the good news is that we're on the side of the Most High God. Okay, We're on the side of the one and only true God, the creator of heaven and earth. So as the body of Christ, what do we do? We need to pray, don't we? Okay, And it's time for the body of Christ to get, some, get very serious, actually, about taking the wealth of the sinner back into the hands of the righteous. Okay, um, Why is that? It's so that we can see the kingdom of God established on earth, as it says in Matthew 6.10. Okay, and I've spoken about that in the Seven Mountains series, but I'll read that scripture to you again. Um, let's look it up, Matthew 6.10. It says, your king... Okay, so this is um, the prayer that Jesus was teaching to pray. Verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Absolutely. So, you know, as I spoke about in the Seven Mountain series, we're entering a time of the glorious church. And, and there are the seven mountains. Um, 
hopefully you, some of you might remember what some of them are, uh, things like media, things like entertainment, things like um, education, economy. Uh, yep, that's true. Religion is one of them as well. So there's seven of them. And we as the body of Christ need to be um, making sure that we're exerting the influence of God on those mountains. And, and so, you know, it's not the time for the Antichrist to rule. It is not the time. I tell you what, it is time. It is time for the glory of God to be revealed through the sons and daughters of God. Here we go. That's the scripture, Romans 8, 18 to 19. And it's going to be a glorious church. And there will be a huge end-time harvest of salvation where billions are going to come into the body of Christ. I'm just going to speak that out. Billions. Not millions. It's going to be billions of people. That's a large number of people, isn't it? This church will not be large enough for that. <laughs> Even a small portion of it. But we'll give it a good go, won't we? <laughs> okay, so so when once that happens, once... Once the glory of the Lord is seen on the earth, then the rapture of the church is going to happen. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17 describes that. I'm not going to go and read it, but if you're interested, go and have a look at that. It's only once the church has been removed from the earth through the rapture that there will be a vacuum so large that it will then allow the beast, which is the Antichrist, to rise and activate the one world government that they're trying to force upon us now. Okay, So what is God saying to us through Romans 13.22? Again, I'm just going to repeat it. The good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And in the King James Version, it says, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And we're just the ones it's being laid up for. Hey. I love that. So from this moment forward, from the 8th of January, 2023, we shall stand up and declare and decree that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And we're just the ones that it's laid up for. The wealth is ours because we are the just. And I'm not saying that because we want to be wealthy and have big houses and have flash cars and all that. Why do we want the wealth? It's because, first of all, we can bless others, first and foremost. Hey. So this, that's what we need to do is the body of Christ. So we need to actually, let's get some fire into us this year. Start declaring it. So declare, I'm going to take the wealth of, from the enemy in Jesus' name. Declare that the wealth is yours. Call it in. You are the body of Christ. You are the ecclesia. This building is a church building. It is not the church. You are the church. And so that's what we need to do. So the wealth must come into the possession of the church, the body of Christ, because in our hands we can fund that end time harvest. So I want us to just start declaring, I am laying up an inheritance for my children's children. Call it into your life. I am laying up an inheritance for my children's children in Jesus' name. And yes, we are talking about financial, but of course the spiritual is the most important. But we do need finance to reach the, reach the people that are lost, don't we? So what we need to do is force the Antichrist to go into that tribulation broke. 
So the Bible describes the tribulation period. For those who don't know, it's being a, it's a seven-year period. It's talked about in a few places in the Bible, including in Daniel. Um, that comes immediately after the rapture of the church. Um, and it says that the latter three and a half years will be extremely difficult for those who stand up for God, for freedom and righteousness. And it will be bad, but not as bad for the first three and a half years. But why isn't it as bad? Now, my, uh, my thought on that is, is it could be because it will take the enemy the first three and a half years. If he goes into the tri tribulation broke, he's going to need the first three and a half years to generate the wealth. You see, with God, numbers are important, and seven years means completion, and we don't want the enemy to have all of that wealth for seven years. But once the rapture happens, then he'll be free to move and, and take that wealth back, you see. But what we need to do is get some fight in us. So 2023, we need to be thinking, yes, yes, Lord, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. I call it in, in Jesus' name. So declare the light. Declare that Jesus is the light. It says that in the Bible, he's got a capital L. And then it says also that we are the light of the world, little L. <laughs> we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. It says in Matthew 5. So I want you to start this year. This is a year of declaration. We need to start speaking it out of our mouth and declaring it, calling it in. Make sure that this message isn't one that you just think, oh, that was nice, and go home and forget about it. Please remember this year we've got to be declaring. We've got to make sure that we're speaking out the word of God, calling it in. It's not time to rely on the world's economic system. Now is the time to rely on God and his system of sowing and reaping, of multiplication, of seed, plant and harvest. So for 2023, we see our church, and I'm, I'm going to go into this more uh, in February, but uh, we see our church this year as a home of love, okay, a home of love. Um, and we've got a little bit of time, so I will read a few scriptures out. John 15, 42 says, no, that can't be right. There is no 15, 42. <laughs> what have I done? Oh, yeah, it probably is 12, actually. This is my, I bet I've done a typo. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, okay? So that's Jesus speaking. And this year we see our church as a home of support. And that scripture is Galatians 6 verse 2. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what that scripture says. And I remember having to learn that when I was a child in uh, children's church. <laughs> Not in this church, unfortunately, but in, in a church. I, we see the, uh, this year as uh, Centre Church being a home where people are welcomed with open arms. So these are the things um, that are really important for us this year. So looking at a scripture in Philippians 2.4. It says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Okay, so we need to be welcoming people in. And a home of healing. Now, I've got a scripture in 1 Corinthians, and it doesn't just talk about healing, but I will have a look at that. So 1 Corinthians 12, 
4 to 11. So it's talking about the um, spiritual gifts. Um, and verse 4 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, capital S. So talking about the Holy Spirit. So there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Uh, and then it goes down. If I go down, verse 8, it says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and different types of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And it says here in verse 11, um, the Spirit works in all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we need to see those spiritual gifts rising up in each one of us, don't we? The Holy Spirit doesn't just give spiritual gifts to, to a few of us. It's for all of us, but it's the Holy Spirit's decision as to which one he decides to give you because you're unique. Um, so there's that one. I, we see um, Centre Church as a home of healing and it's a home of re- restoration as well. Scripture for that one is uh, Zechariah. Chapter 9 and verses 11 to 12, which says, Because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Um, Also, our church is a beacon of light as well. Matthew 5.16 says that. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And then finally, a home of blessing. So so a home of blessing, a home of provision. Okay. So Proverbs 19.17 I have for that one. And I'll just read this. Proverbs 19.17 says... He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Um, So this year, we need to keep our eyes off the circumstances and on God. This year, our trust has to be in God, and our loyalty must be to God. So there will be temptation. I just want to say that there will be temptation this year to listen to false prophets, prophets of the enemy. Now, a false prophet isn't um, necessarily somebody that's in a church, by the way. It's just somebody that's got a voice, okay? So, um, so the enemy likes to use um, TV. The enemy likes to use radio, podcasts, social media. So you can hear false words of prophecy through any of those places. So be very, very aware about that because that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to listen to the bad tidings, to get fearful, he wants to deceive us, but we need to refuse to listen, don't we? Okay, so we also need to remember this year that we have to sow in order to reap. That's another, that's another um, principle that God set in motion that is irreversible. So if you sow, you will reap. If you sow good seed, you'll reap an amazing harvest. If you sow bad seed, you will still reap a bad harvest. 
It's just, it was never meant to be that way. But the sin of, sin of Adam and Eve meant that it started happening like that. So this year we need to declare and decree increase so that our overflow is so great that we can bless and provide for others. And that really is all that we've got to say for today. So um, I just wanted to encourage you, we need to make sure we're declaring. We need to make sure we're speaking it out. God gave us a mouth for a reason. <laughs> make sure you're speaking it. Make it. If you've got children, if you've got grandchildren, speak it out. Even if you don't, speak out. Thank you, God, that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ, aren't we? That's what the Bible says. It's not that we're wanting all the money. It's just that we want to see God's kingdom grow. We want to see people saved and set free. And we also want to take the, that off the enemy as well. Because without income for the enemy, it's going to be harder for him. Okay? So thank you, Father God. Lord, I, just, I thank you, Father God, for this, this day, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that we're here um, gathering as a, as a church body, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to meet together as a church family. I pray blessing and speak life over every person here. I pray, Father God, that you would just uh, really just make something click in them uh, um, from what we've said today, Father. Thank you, Lord, that this year shall be a, a year of blessing for Centre Church, for the people of Centre Church. Thank you, Father God, that, that you have amazing plans for us, Father God, and we, it's important, Father God, that we learn to hook into your economy. So we thank you, Father, for that. Thank you for teaching us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so just before we finish, I, I just wanted to give an opportunity to anybody that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, and there may be one or two people, but I'm going to give the opportunity anyway. You know, Jesus never forces anybody. God never forces anybody to do anything. Um, if people choose, they can, you know, if they people choose to reject him, then hell is a real place. And, uh, and God doesn't want anyone to go there, but he also has made us in his image and in his likeness with a will to choose. And so, um, so he allows that to happen if we choose it. And the cool thing is that God said, well, G, uh, it says in John 3.16 that God gave his only unique son as a gift so that everybody who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. So we just need to choose whether to believe in him or not. And it's just a short prayer. So I want everyone to close their eyes, and I'm just going to give an opportunity um, for anybody that really wants to say that prayer of salvation. Um, it, you, you, may have been, you may have made that decision before, but maybe you need to recommit. So close your eyes, everybody, and we'll just all repeat this prayer. Father God, I recognize that you love me. To prove it, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, you spilt your blood as a sacrifice so that if I choose you, 
I will be reconciled with God. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. You know, that's, that's, that's all you need to do to receive the Lord is just basically call on the name of the Lord, it says in Joel. He who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, so I just want to finish, close the service, but I will um, open up the area down here for anybody that wants prayer. There is a cup of tea and coffee out in the cafe if you'd like one. So I'd really um, encourage you please to, if you, if you want to stay in here, that's fine, but just please don't be talking. We just want to keep a, a reverential um, atmosphere in here for the Lord. But if you do want to have a chat, cafe's the place to do it. Okay? So bless you and have a wonderful week. And I'm just going to wait up here for a short time with Pastor Peter and we'll pray for anybody that needs prayer. Bless you. Bless you guys.